Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers <laughs> over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Damn. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. October 11th, 2022. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hope everybody's having a great start to their very chilly morning. 23 degree, or no, that's my battery charger on my smartwatch. But I was to uh, say, it, it can't it, be that cool outside. It, it felt that cold outside. It's 46 degrees. So you just times that bad boy by two and you get right to where you need to be. Not that cold just yet, but 46 does feel awfully cold when I went outside this morning. So hope everybody's having a great start. Roush, how are you, buddy? I'm uh, I'm doing all right this morning. I would actually argue that it was warmer yesterday than it has been in a while. I, I wore pants to bed uh, one night last week. We're still anti-turning the heat on at the Roush House. So yeah, we have we have the setting on. So you on most units like that, you have cool, nothing, or heat. Mm-hmm. And for most of this fall, we've just been on nothing, just letting it ride. I do have it on the heat setting, but I've got it like down to 67. Right. So if it gets below 67, it'll kick in. It has not kicked on at night. It's been close. I've, I've you know, I've gone and checked it in the morning and seen that it's been 68. And so it feels kind of chilly in the morning when you wake up, but the heat hasn't kicked on just yet, or at least that I have seen or heard. And also you kind of smell it too when it kicks on for the first time for the season as well. But mm-hmm. haven't seen, smelt, or heard the heat come on just yet. Although with it being 46, I'm a little surprised that the house hasn't, hasn't chilled off. But you're right. It's like at the – like last night, we have windows open, pretty warm, and you're like, well, I don't want to turn the fan on. I don't want to leave the window open all night because I know it's going to get freezing at some point. Um, so it's a little delicate balance. It's that part of the year. Scoots, how are you? I am pretty solid. I woke up to some money in my account this morning. I, I backed Ooh. the I backed the Chiefs not once but twice when they were down 14 and then when they were down 17. So that was nice to wake up to. But, yeah, we – we turned on our heat at the house for the first time this weekend. It Our house had got down to 62, so we cranked it on. So we got that bad smell out of there, ready to go for the rest of the year. But, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm great. Taco Tuesday. Let's do it. 
Oh, yeah, Taco Tuesday. Uh, it's been just a taco fiesta at the Walker House. We had Salsaritas catered on Sunday, and everybody was just complimenting, loving all the fresh Mexican grill had to offer. Such easy catering. They brought it right to our front door. We were setting up for the party. Super busy all day on Sunday, so it just made it so nice to have Salsaritas come bring the food to us. Set it up. You slide the little burners, which is always a good time. That's some amazing technology and the little gel burner things. Uh, really, really innovative. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why Very doesn't cool. it all just blow up instantly? You know, like, how do they have the gel where it's like, hey, I'll just burn here slowly? It's liquid, but it's also fire. It's like yeah. a tiki torch. No, because a, tor- a tiki torch is a, it's a, like a wick. It's, Aren't the, you know, you don't, like, they don't have the wicks on the no. round cans? No, it's just really? like all it's nothing but gel and like only oh. the top of the gel burns and then it kind of works its way down. I, I guess it's the same concept of a candle, but without any wick, it's it, it's sh- certainly technology that my stupid brain can't understand. Yeah, so, that's weird. All the ones I've seen have the wicks coming out of them. I mean, just like that. It's, it looks just like a tiki torch. I've never seen one without a wick. So that's that's kind of crazy. It was. It was super crazy. But that's Salsaritas. They do crazy things because they're they're a business that that wants to uh, succeed. They're not afraid to take risk, and by that doing so, they make really cheap, affordable catering. They'll do anything they can to make it easier for you. Bring it to you if that's what you need, or they'll have it all ready for you at their one of their two locations in Louisville, St. Matthews, off Hubbard's, or Middletown, off Shelbyville Road. It's uh, delicious. Everybody complimented the food on Sunday. So that was really, really nice as you get into your Taco Tuesday. Keep Salsaritas in mind. And then, of course, anytime you order anything with Salsaritas and you have the Salsaritas app, you get a ton of money. I think I got $20 in Salsaritas bucks by doing the catering on Sunday. So that'll be, that'll be two free meals for me moving forward. That's the nice thing about Salsaritas. Everybody watched that Monday night football game last night or at least part of it like I did? Yeah. Yeah, I made it, I think, to the fourth quarter. And I was like, it, the Chiefs, they're, no way they're losing this. They're coming back. They're winning. Uh, Scoots, my, my kicker strategy worked yesterday. Nice. Yeah, 59-yard nice. field goal. Yeah, <laughs> I was really worried that when he missed that first one, I was like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, but, yeah, buried the 59-yarder, got the win. Uh, some of my fantasy football comrades were calling shenanigans. But it's like, hey, if there's if he can be picked up, then you can play him. So, yep. They, they, they were calling for collusion on a Monday ad to a fantasy football team. Okay, that's the, that's the way it goes. Seems like the big story last night was the officiating. Some, some oh. calls. That, it's one of those things, too, where I, I had heard the um, complaints about the Tom Brady roughing the passer, which rightfully so, but like Tom Brady, he's going to get some calls. It's going to happen. Um, this one was a... Oh, they, they called roughing the passer, but when you watch the replay, he's technically the rusher because he had stripped the sack. And it, not only was it a dis, disservice to him, uh, to Chris Jones, because like that's a bad call, but like he made an outstanding play and they penalized him and gave the ball back to the Raiders and they kicked field goal before halftime. I mean, I... I, the the Chiefs fans, good for them to just give those officials hell. They deserved it. Uh, that was you, you knew that they they like to play patty cake with the quarterbacks and they want to protect them at all costs. But definitely going a step too far when that outstanding defensive play is somehow 
taken away by that nonsense. That was the st- that was the moment in the game I knew. I mean, I knew all along the Chiefs were going to find a way to win, and the Raiders actually the Raiders would find a way to choke it away. But it was that moment I was like, yeah. Chiefs are winning this game. I mean, the way the crowd reacted for as long as they booed, I've never heard a crowd boo for so long. And then the fact that they were able to come back in, what, 25 seconds and they got a field goal of their own, I was like, oh, yeah, Chiefs, this is a Chiefs game for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I can remember a team in the NFL in my lifetime that can just seemingly get down and be okay as much as this current makeup of the Kansas City Chiefs have. It seems like all the time you see them down in games and nobody really cares because they, they seem to find ways to come back and, and and get back in the thick of it, and that's exactly what happened. And then this one I, I didn't see live, but the holding on the field goal, defensive holding on the field goal, was anybody awake and saw that in real time and can clarify what the hell was going on there? I, I did not, but I have seen that before because you're not allowed to pull uh offensive player down so like somebody can shoot the gap. Yeah, but well, that wasn't really what like happened there. He he did maybe have his arms around him and maybe that was the intent or at least the idea, but it was more of just like hey, we're both out of this play. I'm just going to like we're not doing anything here. I'm going to give you that. I saw, yeah, it was more of just, yeah. And I would get it if, like, you know, he instantly was really physical and aggressive and pulled him. Yeah, I just saw the replay of it again. That was nothing. And, of course, it's on a missed field goal, too, which, admittedly, they did throw the flag before you could tell it was missed. But that's that's ridiculous. I mean, that, that was a horrible, horrible call. And you're right, Roush. Like, that should be a call if they're doing what you say they're doing. But that wasn't what happened. And that It was, end. like, after the kick because I'm seeing it now. Yeah. It was really, I mean, it was really bad. And like, if, if the NFL has some major issues with officiating, and it seems like maybe we're heading in that direction, then oh boy, because they used to be the ones that I think you count on the most. Not that there wasn't missed calls or terrible calls; there always have been, and there always will be in in any league. But it, I don't know. It, it seems like first and foremost, they're having no idea what to do with quarterbacks, and then you're just getting some some wonky calls like that. But is is it an official problem or is it a rules book problem? Because a lot of times I feel like the officials just don't know what to call. Like the one last night with Chris Jones, that's what they're instructed to call because he put his full body weight on him. But that's an issue with the rules. I mean, there, there was literally nothing Chris Jones could do in that situation. So to me, it's a, it's a rules problem, not necessarily an official's problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, yeah, that and- could be the case. And the the other thing to because we did not touch on this yesterday, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater not having a concussion but having to be in concussion protocol that's another rules problem, yeah. right? Like just what makes it amusing though is that it is there. It's the Dolphins' fault that this rule is now in place, right? But Mike McDaniel said yesterday, like, yeah, he's never had any concussion symptoms or anything like that but he stood up too quick from a big hit looked dizzy so he's he's got to be in concussion protocol can't play at all well joe buck brought that up and he was talking about how that wouldn't have happened if the dolphins didn't have that eye in the sky looking at him from previous weeks you know i mean teddy bridgewater gave the two thumbs up he was talking to one of the officials like that tells me he's competent and can stay in the game but due to the whole tua situation he has to come out well, and that's why, like, hey, why don't you just stay down a little bit longer and, like, stay on the field and then get up and you'll be fine. Um, but uh, 
the, there was a, like a Warren Sharp tweet who just had kind of the ridiculous rules kind of listed out. And you're you're right, Scoots. It's a rules thing where the NFL is trying to over litigate it. They're they're trying to use rules to somehow take violence out of the game, and it's like. I mean, Joe Burrow said this in an interview too. There's, it's kind of the cost of doing business, and I know the problem is, is they want everybody to watch, but they don't want people to see bad things happen. It's like, well, if, if everybody's gonna be watching, you are just going to, you're just gonna run into this at some point or another, right? Like the injuries happen, bad things happen. You can't rule your way out of this. You just can't. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty well said on on all accounts i've got a buddy who probably watches the nfl as much or maybe more than any of my other friends and he he is concerned that this concussion thing is going to he's got like a big brain conspiracy theory almost with it like he doesn't really understand what's going on but he's like this is going to probably get worse before it gets better if they can just take people out of the game despite passing concussion protocol and you're seeing the updates on Teddy Bridgewater, and they're like not showing any signs of a concussion. Everything the last few days have been good, and it, it does. It, I don't know if this is necessarily what he's getting at, but it's kind of where I've, where I, what I've thought is that like you could it be a way to impact games? Could it be a way to take players out of games? Could it, it in the name of player safety? I don't think it's anything super egregious like that, but it does make you wonder when people can pass the quote unquote protocol and still just be told, no, you're not going back into the game. It is wild, uh, and it's probably just the overreaction from from the Tua injury, which I think scared a lot of people. And mm-hmm. when people are scared, they they just want to kind of overreact and and uh, make some, some poor decisions. Well, and they're adding more subjectivity to it, right? I mean, that's the... Which makes it tough. Like <laughs> it, it, it should be more objective. And like the gray area... That's when it's up to responsible doctors to act in the player's best interest. I, I just I think the what they have going on, where you have an independent doctor, neurologist, or whatever they call them, on the sidelines, who ultimately has to do the concussion protocol, put them through the tests, and then they make the decision, and then they get to tell the team doctors what they came up with. I think that's the way to go about it. Now, the only question will be potential biases possibly of independent doctors, but you would hope that that's not an issue and that's not not anything that you'd have to worry about. But I think that's the way to go about it. I don't think you need to do anything more. I don't think you need to even be overly cautious. Um, If the independent doctor says, yeah, listen, we have a, we have a test. He went through the test. He seems fine. There's no signs of lingering concussion or a concussion even at all. And uh, he's, he's good to rock and roll, but, it's going to be interesting because this is a, we, what we're in week five going into week six. Um, won't be the last of it. We're going to see a lot more of it. So we shall see. Crazy game, though. Monday night football game. A lot of going for two point conversions there at the end. Didn't really work out for either team. But ultimately, the Chiefs hold on and Devontae Adams pushed somebody, go into the locker room. He just misses being in Green Bay. I would, too. And we, miss, and we miss him. Do you do you think him and Rodgers have had conversations this season? Like, yo, man, we really messed up. Y'all aren't great. We're not 
the same Packers we used to be. Like I could I could totally see that being a conversation between them this season. I bet they've probably touched base uh, yeah. here or there. I would not doubt that for a second. I, I still like that loss on uh, such a horrible, horrible football weekend. That loss on Sunday super frustrating. I think Green Bay will still be fine. I don't really think they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders, but I think they can still win the North, and I think maybe they could win a playoff game or two. But uh, I still just keep waiting for them to trade for a good wide receiver, and it hasn't happened yet. Green Bay just needs to run the ball more too, which is frustrating. But yeah, that wasn't a great game. If I if I was if I was doing the show yesterday, I would have jokingly started and been like, "All right, we're talking football on today's show," and just led with Saint X and Manuel from Friday night. <laughs> it was the only decent thing that happened. It was a poop weekend, Roush. Poop. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, big old, big old pile of stink. And uh, I, you know, we'll have his practice though yesterday. So, boom, cats are back. Like a fake picture practice or like a real actual practice? Well, Stoop said on the Colin show we practice. So, yeah, I don't, eh, hard to tell. Yeah, they well, they acted like in the pictures last week that he practiced, but you and I, I think, sniffed that bad boy out um, in terms of like it just that didn't seem didn't seem. It was it like you know I'm not going to be like all um, Mr. Media. I deserve better, or something like that. But it was kind of nice to hear Stoops. Like it's almost like Stoops doesn't want to get the humble pie from us because he deals with us all the time. But on his call-in show, when people point out, like, hey, um, your your pass rush really wasn't getting there, and kind of like going into – like a caller went into pretty detailed thoughts about it. He's like, I watched Rattler a lot. He didn't do well under pressure. Didn't, didn't seem like we put him under a lot of pressure. And then Stoops had like a pretty long, thoughtful answer. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of their big gains were when we gave pressure and they threw it underneath and then got yards out of the catch because we did not tackle well. And it was very aggravating, um, kind of going on and on about the defense, which I think was kind of a surprise to me that, I mean, the defense, despite giving up, I mean, they, they gave up 17 points in reality, aside from that 7-0 start. Uh, you'd think that the offense, like you, you should be able to score more points to win, but Stoops was more disappointed in the defense for letting that game kind of get away from them in the third quarter with those long drives, uh, unable to get off the field. Um, you know, but I just in general, listening to his coaches show, he just, it just felt like he, you really could tell he was speaking directly to the fans, like uh, apologizing for letting the fans down, saying, you know, we really wanted, Will was working really hard. Uh, to play, um, but it just it just wasn't in the card sort of thing. Gave a long, detailed answer, but like, hey, he's out there practicing now. Um, we feel better about him. So I, I, I don't, I don't know what it was. If somebody told him, hey, maybe uh, don't let the, don't lose your fans here. Play nice. I don't know, but either way, Mark Stoops was certainly making a concerted effort to uh, bond that bridge, as Ron London would say. Can we believe him? I don't know. I, like, th- I he, think I can believe him with to, Levis practicing. Like, he just lied to us about no players out three days ago. Yeah, but like that—that's like something that I don't think he, he says. I'm not going to 
tell you if they're I'm only going to tell you if somebody's definitely out. And even yesterday, like I guess he definitely said Jacquez Jones is out without saying definitely he's out. But I don't think he went from pushing back on Will Levis saying that he was gonna play to being like, Okay, he's practicing, he'll probably play. Interesting. Yeah, and the, the injury stuff, I we you know, we've we've seemingly talked about it to death, especially last week, just the gamesmanship that goes into it. Uh, it can be frustrating for fans. It seems like we get into this more with, with basketball, obviously, and gamesmanship that goes into it. Um, I, don't, I just, I really, I, I don't care. Um, like, I, I know they're going to be playing the best people if they're available to be able to go out there. And if they're not, then there's there's nothing that the coaching staff can do about it. Uh, there's nothing the players can do about it. Injuries happen, and, and, and you can't. What more can you do? When, when that's the case. Uh, fans that just want coaches to be like completely and totally honest with them are naive and delusional. Uh, one from, again, the key word today, gamesmanship standpoint. But also, sometimes coaches don't know. I mean, a lot of times coaches don't know. And, and players will sometimes lie and try to act like they're not as hurt as they actually are. And then you get them out there and you, you see them running around and you're like, you are injured. Like you, you've got a noticeable mm-hmm. limp. Like, so it, it coaches, it can be put in a tough spot. Sometimes you get the flip side where players will say they're hurt and they're really, you know, maybe not as injured as they let on, but more, more times than not, it's the other way around where players will say, I'm fine. I can go out there because they know that their livelihood is potentially on the line and, and they're going to do whatever they can to get out there and play. So I, I give the coaches more of a benefit of doubt than I think most do uh, with injuries. It is what it is. I, I don't want you to come out and blatantly lie to us, but if you do, whatever. It, you, it happens all the time. It really does. It happens more than people even imagine. So the injury aspect going into last week, going into this week, it is what it is. I don't try to get too wrapped up in it. The players that are able to play are going to be out there on Saturday, and the ones that can't, hopefully we'll see the, the following week. I, I, but injuries aside, I just I thought Saturday was really disheartening, disappointing, uh, a step in the wrong direction. I'm not a big, like, Roush, I think it's really a cheap radio tactic to to watch a, a game, football or basketball, and be like, the, the bench just didn't seem into it. Nobody was helping each other up. I didn't see a single high five from the players. I'm not saying that from, from UK on Saturday, but I do think the energy just all around the team was like – what kind of mindset did this group have going into the game? And then you have the first play call, which I know you all talked about yesterday, which I thought was a way, I thought it was a little bit of a white flag moment from the UK coaching staff saying like, yeah, this offense, we got, we have no idea what to expect. Maybe we can get them early on, on a cheap one. It put their defense in a terrible, terrible spot because the play didn't work out. And I, I thought that almost set the tone for the entire game where you thought the UK team thought, we're not really supposed to win this game. When in reality, in the Mark Stoops era, especially the last five years, when there's a game at the Krogue, we're expecting to win. Every one of them, you're expecting to win. So almost right off the bat, it just seemed like the expectations had shifted. The mood had shifted. You put your defense in a bad spot. And then I'm glad you brought up what Mark Stoops talked about with the defense, because I thought that defense in the first half was borderline incredible. The atmosphere and the environment in Kroger Field was a really nervous atmosphere after South Carolina went up 7 nothing, 
and you could almost feel that like one more bad thing that would happen to this UK team, you just lose the crowd. It would just be mm-hmm. like, it's just gone. So it was really anxious. And the defense just did what they needed to do, did what they needed to do, did what they needed to do. And eventually the offense helped them out. Not as much as we would have liked. You go to halftime and even though it was still kind of this nervous energy, I had a feeling I was like, well, Kentucky's going to win this game. Kentucky, that's what they do. They beat South Carolina. They win games at home in the Mark, under Mark Stoops. I don't know how they're going to do it because I didn't see anything from the offense in the first half that made me super excited. Maybe there was going to be a deep shot to the wide receiver. Maybe maybe Chris Rodriguez would get going, even though the offensive line was beyond concerning. Um, I didn't know how – maybe the defense was going to get a turnover or scoop and score or pick six. I didn't know how it was going to happen, and that was really the first time – that I, I felt that way. There's almost been so many certainties for UK football with Mark Stoops that, okay, back in the Eddie Grant offense, you know the Wildcats going to work. It's not going to be the prettiest thing, but you know it's going to work. Uh, even with Will Levis at times, he's such a, a winner and a gamer that, hey, he's going to find a way to go out there and win the game. So I didn't know how it was going to happen in the second half, but I still just had like the biased fan belief. They're like, okay, we survived the storm. So it, Water is going to find its level here in the second half. And then the defense just was uncharacteristically bad. And and more than anything else, it was on third down, which, like, you had the crowd with you. You had the crowd going crazy, and they just couldn't get off the field. And Roush didn't take long in that third quarter to realize, like, it's over. You didn't have to wait till the fourth quarter to know that it was over. And that is – that's concerning because it does feel like a step backwards in the Kentucky football program. Now, again, you need to throw in some caveats here. Didn't have your starting quarterback. Other players banged up. Wide receivers banged up. Didn't have Jacquez Jones. Yeah, banged up. Uh, what, probably your your most important defensive player, one of your most important defensive players you didn't have. There are built-in caveats, but I, I don't think in a game of that importance, it really matters. You still – you still, I just, I think, needed to find a way to to win the game. I don't think Spencer Rattler is a good quarterback, and I do think you gave him too much time, and you did make him too comfortable. And then a lot of times, wide receivers were just too open. You didn't really even make Spencer Rattler make tough throws, which was disappointing to see. Um, so all, all, all together, obviously, I'm, I'm really disappointed. And Saturday, I think the whole expectations of the season have changed, and that's that's part that's part injury. That's and that's football. That can happen, and and not to not to make this a basketball thing, but that could, you know, what if, what if Cason Wallace gets hurt in November and then late December, Oscar Sheepway gets hurt. That will totally change the landscape of our uh-huh. basketball team. So that can happen. You never want it to happen to your team. It has happened to Kentucky. If you get Will Levis back for this week and you can beat Mississippi state, maybe you just exhale, you get to the bye week and you say, let's, let's see what we can do the back half of the season. But, yeah, that was tough. That that was kind of uncharacteristic to, to what U.K. football has gone through the last five years. There's been tough losses. There's been heartbreak. We I've, I've seen a lot of it in person, as a lot of fans have. There's been amazingly good moments that have all this all of us really excited about the future of U.K. football. But that was kind of uh, – that was different, and that wasn't fun on Saturday. So they need, they need to not do that anymore. No, don't do that again. Don't do that again. So, and I know you all talked about this all day yesterday. I just wanted to kind of get some of my two oh. cents in. But the overall, just 
it was it was was, everything on saturday was weird and i don't want to i don't want to in a year roush or even in january point to that game and say that's where everything kind of seemed to change but something seemed different on saturday and i tj no likey no likey at all (laughs) we can take our first break we'll come back we can get into whatever you all want to get into uh I don't really want to talk more about Saturday. I know you all are probably sick of it as well, uh, but we may need to get to a few points here or there. The the call-in show yesterday's post-game press conference, there was some – or post-game uh, – Monday, no luncheon press conference. We'll talk more about that. Roush, if you just want to break down this week's Game of Thrones for the next 90 minutes, I watched it yesterday, so we could do that as mm, well. Yep, yep, we can do that. 90 yeah, minutes. That was a great episode. I mean, they've all been great. I really agree. Like, I think this has been a good season. And even with the time jumps, like, that is enough to make people confused and not like it and at least still has my attention. So, anyways, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll do, like, a little three-minute Game of Thrones later on. Uh, 30 minutes? To 30, is that what you said? No, I, I said maybe, like, a realistic, like, three minutes Game three of Thrones. Three hours? Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, three hours. All right, we'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. I'm a shot. 30. 30 seconds. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Edge. Here we go. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM, TJ Walker. Nick Roush and Justin Kalen head on by Thornton's this morning. Warm up with some coffee. I actually do think it's going to be a really nice day. High near 80 today, but in the morning it's chilly and Thornton's will have you covered at any time throughout the day, whether you need a little candy uh, during your lunch break, they've got the best candy selection in the city, whether you're on the go and you're saying, I don't know if I'm going to even have time for lunch or dinner today. Justin Kalen can speak to all their delicious food options they have. Uh, I've gotten a few hot dogs from Thornton's before. Delicious. Uh, and I, I hate saying this because I'm a huge, are they, huge. Are they golf course quality good hot dogs? That's where I was going, Roush, is that like I'm a sucker <laughs> for a golf course dog at the turn. Oh, I, think it, the I think it fuels me for a great back nine. Thornton's has better hot dogs than golf course hot dogs. And I think golf course hot dogs are the best in the planet. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So wow, that that that's like, and it also may be. I would, I would put the, golf course hot dog right up there. At, like the only thing that's ahead of it would be uh, the hot dog that you make over like a fire, right? After like twelve beers at the lake, and you're, you're roasting one of those weenies over an open fire. See, that's that, the outside thing. of that golf course hot dogs right up there at the top. Totally agree with you, and that is the thing is like maybe the the three beers on the front nine played a role in why that hot dog at the turn feels so good. Or maybe it's like just, you know, hey, for the next four hours, I'm not working. I'm on the golf course. It's a beautiful day. Oh, I get to have a delicious, tasty, good-for-you, nutritional snack hot dog. But Thornton's, you get the same experience. It's all good at Thornton's. Scoots, what's your favorite little snack at Thornton's? I mean, I'm I'm so partial to the sausage, egg, and cheese croissants. It's unreal. But I was going to add in, so the Thornton's by my new job, has 
all the crazy food, like all the wraps and all that. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm about to get crazy and start delving into all of them. I know I've had the buffalo chicken one, and that was really good, but they've got so many others. I can't wait to try them all. Yeah, we should we should do a Thornton's taste test. Just get all their best options, film it, have us try it. Uh, yeah, Colonel Roush is a super picky eater, so there's probably some things he's not going <laughs> to like. <laughs> hey, all right, so TJ, do Thornton's cheeseburgers count as fast food burgers? Great question. I would, <laughs> I would, I would lean towards no, no drive-through. That's true. Although you do drive through the pump. Yeah, no, it, it does not have a drive-through technically. I, I would, I would lean towards no there. Um, Thornton's, they have it going on. Check it. They're all over Louisville. They're all over the place. Go to one today. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. All right, uh, Roush. Any, I, I've got a few oh, things. You- you brought up one thing that I because we didn't get enough nonsense in the first segment. You brought up uh, candy and man, Halloween candy right now. Just whew, man, I forgot about how outstanding having the little fun size candies around is. And there's a, a candy that I hadn't had, but I actually so the neighbors we we were outside hanging out with the neighbors the other night, and she she wanted to give Duke some. Uh, she wanted to give Duke some candy naturally. And so she's like, no, take some home to your wife. So it's like, okay, I'll, I'll happily take some home. And then we ended up buying the same packet. And it's a variety pack that has Hershey's cookies and cream bars. And I have not had a, like that, that. I felt like that was something that was advertised on Nickelodeon in the nineties. And I would, when I was a kid, we would drive up to, or drive up, not drive up, ride our bikes to the gas station at the edge of the neighborhood. That was that felt like a kind of a grown up thing to do is to grab some of your loose change and go up and get stuff at the gas station. Hadn't had an Oreos cookies and cream bar in a long, long time, and holy crap, so good, so good. Can't I don't think I've ever had one, but what yeah. Yeah, Oreos cookies and cream bar? I don't think so. They're outstanding. Uh, it's it's white chocolate with a cookie crunch because it's kind of like excuse it's kind of like a crunch bar except. The, the crunchies are little p- bites of chocolatiness, and it's, oh. <laughs> yeah, and TJ, I'll be the first one to tell you I hate white chocolate. I am not a white chocolate guy by any means, but, yeah, they are pretty pretty dang good. Well, I don't see color, so that doesn't matter to me, white chocolate, whatever kind of chocolate. <laughs> I, I'm, I Googled it. I don't think I've ever even seen these before. Yeah, they're, they're outstanding. The ones in, in this variety pack, too, they also got – so they came with like uh, it was a, it was a Sam's purchase, but it was cookies and cream fangs. So they look like uh, vampires' fangs, and then they called the Kit Kat Witch's Brew, which was a marshmallow flavored. I've had that. Yeah, which I've is had that. not my favorite. Tastes like a Kit Kat, though. It, it is a it is a fun twist on a Kit Kat. Yeah, uh, I, not a big fan of they 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 did a pumpkin Kit Kat. Uh, Stay away from that one. Oh, I like those. I, I pretty much any Kit Kat I, I've had. I think Trevor ended up finding some like knockoff, weird Japanese flavor Kit Kats back when he was our producer a few years back, and he was like, uh, for, he had some of like the wildest Kit Kat flavors you could ever believe. But the Halloween ones, I'm willing to try anyway. I thought the pumpkin ones were solid. It, it's fine, but like not my favorite. I, I do think white chocolate Kit Kat might be my, my favorite of the flavors. Really, I, I don't know what it is about. I'll never buy a Kit Kat bar like at the gas station, like you know, once in a blue moon. 
but something about the fun size, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why that, that it, it's the most palatable form of Kit Kat, but it's, it's outstanding. It's my favorite. Happy to have, happy to have those back in my life. Uh, happy to have some Reese's pumpkins back, even though the Reese's pumpkins are not even pumpkin shaped anymore because they had to make them smaller. Right. Like they, they went from looking yeah. like an actual Reese's cup to now they're this skinny little thing that in no way, shape or form resembles a pumpkin. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. I, the wife she got Halloween candy in the house way too early. Um, it's dangerous, you know, just having the little <laughs> bite sized candy because you just go and you grab one and you're like, yeah, just one little piece of candy is not going to hurt. And then you go back later and you're like, ooh, piece of candy. And you go back like 20 minutes later, you're like, ooh, piece of candy. Take and it easy, go, Stewie Griffin. Yeah, and you end up just keep going and getting your you keep going and you keep eating so your candy. Good. But the most psychotic thing she did was got two packs of the Oreo Halloween special cookies, which is entirely too much. And they're obviously amazing. So like once you have one, you're like, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to have four. And like each Oreo is incredibly, incredibly not healthy, but they're so freaking good. So I've just been going to town on those bad boys the last couple of weeks. And, hey, uh, the good news is though, TJ, we are, we're starting to put on our sweatshirts, right? Like, that's true. It's bulking season. It is bulking season. Chilly weather is around the corner. That's good point. Before you know it, we'll have Thanksgiving meals. I mean, it's just, it's a great time to eat food. That is kind of the thing about like Halloween candy season is you maybe take a little hiatus in November, but then like Christmas is well known for having a ton of can, you know, like Christmas mm-hmm. is big. So you basically have two out of your last three months just going to town. <sighs> On candy. That's a good discussion. It's a good, good discussion. Man, text out uh, into the Thornton's text line about your favorite I candy. I get hungry at 7.45 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just talking Thornton's food and then candy, Halloween candy. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, Roush, did you all, I want to get to this regardless if you did or didn't, but did you all mm-hmm. talk about the UK Pro Day scrimmage? Yes, we did. Oh, Roush was big mad. I wasn't big mad, but it's like I can't. You can't – we're going to show you scrimmage. Here, here's our scrimmage, and then it's just three minutes of highlights. Like, it's hard for me to judge one way or the other. It, I, I just I, – I don't – it's hard for me to know anything about uh, uh, UKO, which is what we're calling you going to Kingsley and Yenso, uh, TJ. I think we made that uh, decision yesterday. It's like, oh, I like what I see. He makes that shot, but, like, how does he look on regular possessions? Like, he's obviously not – getting the ball offensively every time. So, like, I, it's hard for me to tell what exactly he can do and how he's going to fit in with this team. Yeah, it's like any highlight package. You're not going to you're not gonna show the the super ugliness or a ton of mistakes, and you're right. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to see a lot more of this team soon and get to see some of the good things and some of the bad things. All right, well, since you already talked about it, I, I've got a few thoughts on it. I'll get to it momentarily, but maybe something a little newer and fresher. Did you see the report from – Jamie Shaw yesterday. I did. I did. He's a he's a real gem uh, that Jamie Shaw. I was very confused by the report. <laughs> it was a seventy five percent chance, and then then it, it was a seventy five percent chance that there's an eighty five percent chance that Kentucky gets Aaron Bradshaw. So it was we had a Sex Panther situation, right, where forty percent of the time it works every time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was very confused by his his intel. I just need Jamie Shaw to put percentages on anything. Like, there is a 75% chance I'm going to hit send on this tweet, and then the follow-up tweet, 100%. 
it happened. <laughs> I think he was the first one to say DJ Wagner to UK. It was like a 90, 95%, yeah, 95% chance. They got UVL fans all worked up and out of sorts. But, oh, and it's weird. He signed with Nike yesterday. Huh. Yeah, we got to talk about that as well. We got to talk recruiting because, folks, I, I, we've been talking about it for months. And really, I think maybe it started maybe with Dillingham. But you, UK was in so many other good spots with other players. You could see it coming. They're like, hey, I think a monster class is on the horizon. This is going to be really, really good if they can. Okay, and then you get Justin Edwards. And then uh, Reed Shepard was already committed. But it, it, it kept kind of going down the list. And then you knew that they were in a good spot with Wagner. You knew they were in a good spot with Bradshaw. Bradshaw blows up, and people are talking about him as the number one player in the class. Uh, so you, you saw the potential for a monster class pretty early on. And while you're still a couple commitments away from it being solidified, it certainly seems like it's heading in the right direction. DJ Wagner, as Roush mentioned, signed a nil partnership with Nike. Of course, you got some rumblings of this happening in the summer when he was doing a photo shoot and whatnot. And course the U of L folks it was nothing this isn't nil and even I think DJ Wagner came out and was like no this this specific thing isn't nil maybe later on there'll be something but <laughs> not, not this one um so you could see the writing on the wall with that I I've had some people reach out to me and say well the, why isn't he committed why isn't he committed my guess is I think they're gonna get him in on Big Blue Madness well he, he will be in town for Big Blue Madness which is Friday right Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sneaking up. Yeah. Very, very exciting. I know that this 2022 as a whole is just going by way too fast, but he'll be in town on Friday. What Cal and, and the staff likes to do is they're probably going to get him in, get him in a Kentucky Jersey, take some pictures, shoot some video of him dribbling a basketball. And then probably within like two weeks after that, he'll commit. And then UK will have a video to produce of his commitment and it'll be really professional and it'll be cool and people will like it. And, they, they like doing that. They like to get people in, get them in the jersey, and say, hey, if you do decide to commit, we may use some of this, and we'll send you the video, and then you can tweet that out, and it can be your commitment video. So I think that's probably what they're doing with Wagner. It seems like a foregone conclusion that dude's going to be a cat. So this is going to be an unbelievable recruiting class, and the reason why I wanted to start with recruiting first is eventually I'm going to walk it into the pro day scrimmage highlights. But uh, if you get Bradshaw – you mix them with everybody else you've already got. Roush, one thing that I, I think is worth mentioning, let's just assume that what we think is going to happen is going to happen, is for the first time in a long time, you're going to have a, a really young UK team, like a really, really young UK team. And maybe you could make a case that that pandemic team 2021, 20, 2020, 2021 was really young, and it was. It, it relied on some younger guys to be big playmakers and they weren't really up to snuff um, at least at the beginning of the season especially Devin Askew throughout really the entirety of the season and it struggled so I do think it's a fair question or at least a fair radio topic to to wonder hey getting all these freshmen in with college basketball quote-unquote kind of changing where grad transfer not grad transfers just transfers older teams usually winning more as of late do you have any concern that UK could be too freshman reliant next season? I feel like this is like a 2010 conversation where you have a bunch of the old <laughs> old media folks. Oh, John Calipari ruining basketball with all these freshmen. There's no way they can win in March. 
But basketball has changed a little bit over the last decade. So do you have any concern that UK could potentially be too young next season? There's always going to be that uncertainty. I mean, where when you have people like Bobby Regan on, he's like, I just I need to see it, right? I mean, and that that's always a fair uh, cr- criticism. Uh, part of the reason why I'm not as concerned goes back to a guy that I mentioned off the top that we kind of let off with, with you uh, got a Kingsley and Yenso. Like the front court, I think is the most difficult. There's there's a much steeper learning curve for those guys, right? And having him in early, uh, what about Lance? Will be in year four. You know, I don't think he's going anywhere. So from a you you, you Bradshaw, if he does the seventy five, if if we get to a hundred percent on his chances at Kentucky. Um, if we eventually get to there, he doesn't have to do it all by himself. And that's when I think you've seen some of these young big guys really struggle. Um, you know, I, I know we didn't mention, we, we didn't expect Willie Cauley Stein right away, but like a lot of, more times than not, these bigs have been slow cookers. Nick Richards, uh, you know, you can kind of just go down the line. Like it just takes them a little bit longer. So I, I'm at least in that regard. Um, It'll be one new guy and another guy who's at least practiced for a year with Oscar Shibway. Probably not playing a ton this year, but we'll have some limited college basketball experience. So that's where I'm not as worried. And and the other part of it too, TJ, is that it's one thing to have a bunch of freshmen filling in spots that are ranked between 10 and 20, and it's another when they're ranked between 1 and 5. Like that's There's a significant difference between the guys ranked second and third in the country and ranked ninth and twelfth. And that's that's what a lot of the recruiting was over the back half of the tens, right? Like it was Kevin Knox's of the world, where they were in that they were really good. They're good players, but they weren't that elite of elite of elite like you have with Robert Dillingham and, and DJ Wagner. Exactly. And and that can be that can be the concern. And I, and I will say one concern is, and I don't cover obviously recruiting at all. I'll, I'll keep up with it and I'll read what Jack and Graf and Ben Roberts and all the great Kentucky recruiting folks have to say about certain things. But there does seem to be a thought that this class isn't as great as previous classes. And I, and I, I believe it. So that's where one area where I could be a little bit concerned is that like, yeah, you're getting probably four top 10 guys, which is what, I mean, Regardless of the class, let's just talk about how ridiculous that is. That Kentucky could end up with four top ten players. It's like right, you see the right. top ten, and Kentucky just says, "Hey, we're going to take pretty much about half those guys if you all don't mind." Um, that's 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 just nuts. I mean, it really is. So it, credit to the uh, staff for doing that. But that would be one area of concern if, if the class really isn't if it's a weaker class than most years. Then yeah, getting those recruits is great, and it, it's worth being celebrated. But if you're going to have to rely on them, it could take a little bit longer. I also think that there's a style of play factor in here. If you're going to be, it's just going to be different than what you'll see this year, where Xavier Wheeler, third, fourth year, is he third year now? Yeah, fourth year. Either way, experienced guy like Xavier Wheeler, Antonio Reeves, the offense is going to look different if you're playing a bunch of 18 year olds versus a bunch of experienced guys, right? Like it's just going to, the ball movement's not going to be the same. There's going to be a lot of uh, kind of out-of-control turnovers, if you will, right, where they're going faster. Their brains, 
th- their body's moving faster than their brain can keep up with. You- you're going to see a-, a difference in the style of play. Um, that's and it has its positives and it has its negatives. Like that's just what you're going to have to deal with. But ultimately, by the time March rolls around, there's a good chance you're going to be the most talented team left. You know, like that. That's kind of what you're dealing with. What you're looking at when you have guys like DJ Wagner and Robert Dillingham playing together. Yeah, and at the end of the day, talent wins out in college basketball. It, I mean, it just it does. You don't have to always be the most talented team, but you have to have a nice blend of talent with some chemistry and and then a, whatever kind of clicks come March and who's playing the hottest and all those fun words. But it won't be totally reliant on young guys because – and also I think one great way to combat inexperience and figuring out the college game is shooting, shooting mm-hmm. travels. Um, it yep. doesn't matter at what level of college basketball. If you've got good shooters, you can hide some weaknesses and you can get bailed out in some situations. So if you've got a Reed Shepard and you got a CJ Frederick, we'll just assume that he'll still be around and he'll still be he- hopefully healthy. Uh, that's that's really going to help. Justin Edwards is no slouch as well. Antonio Reeves could theoretically be back, and that's kind of the crazy thing about it is when you when you talk about bringing in all these freshmen you have the scuttlebutt around the program that, hey, Antonio Reeves is in no rush to leave Kentucky. He's the happiest he's ever been. Uh, Oscar Shibwe could consider coming back for another year. He's a different type of guy. And you start to wonder, like, okay, is this how are you going to have Aaron Bradshaw, Lance Ware, Oscar Shibwe? Yeah, Lucy's got no idea either how that's all going mm-hmm. to work out. How are you going to have all those guys on the same roster? And it makes you start to wonder, like, okay, well, well probably they're all not going to be there. Some people are going to leave, probably Oscar. And, and you go from you go from that aspect of it. But it's going to be interesting. But I think that having the shooting that you're going to have is going to going to be a huge deal. I think it's probably safe to assume Cason Wallace will be gone. I mean, that we know that. Jacob Toppin, Damian Collins, they'll be gone. But goodness gracious, the future of UK basketball, incredibly bright. That Jamie Shaw report on Aaron Bradshaw was really good. Uh, he looks like a really, really fun player. So if he can, if you can get him in blue and white, that's going to be a huge deal. So all good stuff regarding the basketball program. And uh, another player that I thought looked good in those little highlights, Roush, was Adu Thiero. Like, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. he's somebody that's going to leave his mark as a UK basketball player. So <laughs> how does he fit in with the next crop of players coming in? It How it all pans out in the future, obviously having this year is going to help figure that you know time will help us out in that regard but goodness gracious it just seems like an abundance of talent riches and a a really fun future for uk basketball this year and the following and i'm glad you brought up tiero too um because while uh, unlike previous years it feels like cal's doing a better job of supplementing his uber talented freshman with other players like rick reed shepherd is going to be one of those really talented players who's not in a hurry to get the hell out of here, you know? So like having those guys kind of hang around, having Jacob Toppin here for a couple of years, right? Like this is year three. That's significant, right? When you, when you can have people that you can lean on when adversity strikes early and you know, kind of what happened in football. They didn't have anybody to lean on Saturday when adversity struck because their two leaders were out. Like you, you have to have those old heads that have been around for a while. And so it's good to, Love the makeup that we're we're seeing of not only this John Calipari team but the ones uh, coming down the road. Yeah, it should it should be fun. But again, I, I think a lot of folks have the same sentiment that all of us here have is that's all great. We love that stuff, but 
for the love of Pete, win another national championship. Yeah, come Our, on, Pete. Yeah, Pete. Not St. Peter's, though. Let's go to our first break, uh, our first first hour break, and we'll come back for hour number two. We'll get into some Thornton's text messages. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't really get into, besides the Tiro highlights, uh, some other thoughts from the basketball highlights. But, yeah, that's crazy. Big Blue Madness this Friday. Then you get the Blue-White game. Then you get the exhibition games. Consecutive weeks means we're really getting into the thick of it. Don't go anywhere. Hour two of Kentucky Roll Call comes up next. Big X Sports Radio. Hey, Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Everything will turn out all right. Don't worry, baby. Ooh. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio 96.1 FM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday morning. We really do appreciate you spending it along with us and listening you can find us on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. The TuneIn radio app is my favorite way to stream the show, but there's plenty of other ways to stream as well. And a replay of the show goes 9 to 11. You can also tell your Alexa or Siri, play Big X Sports Radio, and they'll do it, and it's always a good time. Don't forget about the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search for Kentucky Roll Call. Tell your friends that the best UK sports radio show in Indiana is rocking and rolling, and they need to be tuned in as we get to dual sports season, Nick Roush, where basketball and football mm. will be going in full swing. We Crossover, are baby. Not too far away whatsoever. Yeah, really exciting stuff. That was a fun first hour. Glad to be back on. I hate, 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 hate missing Monday shows. Those are the Those are the big ones, you know? Those are the those are the big ones. Those are the where we get the most listeners. So I hated missing yesterday. You two did a great job. I'm glad to be back. Also on YouTube, I guess you can watch Saint X's morning announcements live on YouTube. <laughs> that's probably that's probably not a good an interesting move. Although I will say this, Saint X is broadcasting. They're getting their students to broadcast football games. So I was able to watch the Saint X manual game on TV on friday and that was awesome that was really cool good on saying what do they uh where do they put it on it was just on youtube oh good good live on youtube i read a story yesterday they're partnering with whas 11 plus i guess is a thing yeah it's like they're they're whas whas is like doing some they're, they're teaching the students how to do it but giving them i guess the resources to get everything up and running Oh, they're doing a magic trick on the morning announcements. Maybe, maybe we take our early break so I can watch this magic trick. Who doesn't love a good? <laughs> who doesn't love a good magic trick? No, but it was awesome, and I got to see big number seventy on Manuel's offensive line. He was totally dominant, despite uh, Saint X being able to shut out Manuel in the second half. But it was a really good football game, and I talked to a, a buddy on. St. X's staff, and he told me Manuel's easily the best team they've played this season. If they get their starting quarterback back, it, it, it gonna, it's going to be those two teams will see each other in the playoffs. I'd almost guarantee it. Mm-hmm. And secondly, Manuel's running back. Holy smokes, Roush. 
he runs so hard. He's so good. It, that was fun to watch. Like it seems like he's at full speed, two steps into his takeoff on on running plays. Like so, he's automatically, you know, just gonna get four yards because he runs so hard. That was a really fun football game to watch. And and again, I, I bet they'll play each other in the in the postseason at some point. I am um, that especially once they get their quarterback back, there'll be a different team. They're playing a freshman right now, so. Uh, bold strategy though for say next to win this one now we got a revenge game at play in the playoffs yeah yeah you well that probably be a lot of revenge games in the playoffs but it is it seems like a very open year like i say next played male trinity and manual incredibly close i know those other teams have played each other trinity and male had a game go down to the wire I don't think Trinity's going to play manual, but Mail and manual won't play till later. But it really seems like between those teams, and you could even throw in Ballard into the mix, mm-hmm. uh, and I know Manuel kind of had their way with Ballard, but you, you throw those teams into the mix, and it could be anybody's year in, in the city of Louisville, and you know whoever wins the city of Louisville, Roush is almost certainly going to win the rest of the state. So playoffs is going to be unlike any anything else we've seen, uh, I'm sure – uh, at not at the 6A level, but I'm sure the sales will probably be in the thick of it as well, right? Eh. You're going to yeah. snap if I make one more to sales football joke, aren't you? <laughs> hey, we're, we're loading up on basketball talent, though. So That's what you know, I hear. I hear pendulum sales. swinging. Yeah, that's going to be really fun to watch as well. You'll have to get me out to a game. And, Roush, i got to ask you about like, this. Like, I, 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 and I'm, I'm not, like, saying like, – Kentucky might be recruiting some of these guys. Like that's how that's how that's cool. awesome. Yeah, it's 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 going to be pretty cool. So and I know the sales will have some of the most electric atmospheres for their games if they're good. So that's going to be a really fun season for the Colts. I'll I'll have to get out there and check them out. But hey, what'd you think about the Scotty Davenport surprise at Iroquois High School right in your neck of the woods, Roush? Yeah, kind of kind of neat. I I will say I wish they had. Uh, tried to make it look more like the other like because it's not affiliated with i i don't know exactly who put it up but it's definitely not the ones that hang all the other banners up all over the town so it, it just looks a little different i would have liked for it to look a little bit more like the others but either way good good for for scotty good for scotty although i um admittedly i was like wait he Aircoy, he never coached. Oh, he went to Aircoy. Got it. Got it. It, t- it took me a second to to piece two and two together, just because I I know him as the the Ballard guy, the Louisville guy, and the Bellarmine guy. Say so. Speaking of high schools, guys, I did my first shuttle run yesterday at the hotel, which went all fine and dandy. But the way I came back, I passed a high school. I'm curious if you've ever heard of it because I've literally never heard of it. Liberty High School. Yes or no? No, that's, I don't think so. That's not a place. It is. Liberty no, High School. Yeah, it, look, uh, it, it looked like an elementary, but the sign said Liberty High School. I was like, what in the hell is this? I've never heard of this place. Wow. It, Google says that it is a place. Yeah. I know it's a place. I drove by it. Saw it with my own two eyes. So it's yeah. got to be. It's a new big picture school. I don't know what that means. Um, like in the office where they had the two managers and Michael Scott was like the big picture manager. So it, the programs are designed to support students who need additional resources at the current grade level in an effort to meet academic needs and assist transitioning to the next level. Hmm. So basically they're like, Hey, you're behind. You're going to come here and then we're going to send you off elsewhere. 
Is that is that am I reading that right? I'm not reading what you're. I, I, I'll take your word for it. Texter on the text line comes in clutch and says, "Liberty High School's for the bad kids, basically." That that's uh, I was trying to Whoa. beat around the bush a little bit, but <laughs> Whoa. like it sounds like if you're falling behind, you go here and then they get you caught up, and then you go back out into the the rest of the schools. One thing for the Scotty's ear court, why why couldn't they make the font horizontal and just put the picture below the 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 font. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what isn't the biggest fan of the sign making process? I love, I love the. You know, I, I think places should do that. But I, the Louisville thing—they were going to do away with it. You, you drive around Louisville, you see the Jennifer's Louisville in downtown, and mm-hmm. they've got them all over the town. You've seen them, but they were going to do away with them because the signs were getting old and they just didn't have the money to replace them. Mm-hmm. But then they, there was an outcry of people being like, Hey, wait a minute. We like these. They're cool. Yeah. They, like I, I, we want these. So they kind of changed the concept of them. They basically said, if you raise the money and I think if you get enough support, you can put them. And if you find the building, then you can do it. This one may be actually like a sanctioned one. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it is or isn't, but it could be. Oh, and we just don't, cause they, they're they, newer. They yeah. kind of changed the rules on like how you, how you get them and how you do them, where it was more like, Hey, it, you got to go through us to get approved. But if you have the money, if you have the building and you have the support, then yeah, we'll sign off on it. So this could be one of those situations, but I thought it was a nice tribute. To Scotty Davenport, who obviously cares so much about this city and especially the South End, um, but that that was cool. I was happy to see it, even though I now that you mention it, Roush, yeah, it kind of does bother me a little bit. <laughs> Not that they honored him; that's very good. But, but just, just the the way it looks. Flip yeah. the flip the you know just flip it, just flip, 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 it. flip it. Just, just flip it. But that was cool. All yeah. right, so text on in five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Anything? Any other quick hitters we need to get into? Uh, I think we need to get into the Thornton Stex line. Um, yeah, they're going to bring up a lot of good things. Yeah, yeah. Although my computer is just not wanting to click on anything, so you might have to read these Thornton Stex. Yeah, no problem. The first one says, has Kentucky's offense looked good in a game with Levis? Haven't scored 20 offensive points in an SEC game yet. Don't know if he really makes a difference in that game on Saturday. Uh, 100% would have made a difference on Saturday. <laughs> and I don't even think Kyle like, really looked bad. But I think, one, they limited – they didn't want him to cost UK the game, so they were conservative with him. But even with the play calling and, you know, obviously he's just getting into his football career. He's a really young player. Will Levis would have 100% made an impact in that game. Definitely, definitely. There's no doubt about it. Um, although I uh, – to their point, like uh, – Kentucky's moved the ball well with Levis. It, it's more of a, a red zone thing. And you would imagine that the red zone numbers would improve now that you have Chris Rodriguez back, your best red zone weapon. So th- that would turn a lot of those possessions that have either ended uh, with only three points or empty-handed should turn into more scores. Yeah. Texter says, I have a little bit of a hot take. Stoops coaches his last game at UK against UofL this year. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of a hot take. I think that was a Rutherford text, but I just thought it was so hilarious that I would send it over. Like, what a joke! I don't, I, I don't think it's. I mean, I, I don't think it happens. But like every year, we talk about Stoops potentially leaving, don't we? Like, it doesn't. You, it obviously. I think maybe just one or two years where it's actually been like, oh, this is maybe we're a little nervous here. 
But like every, you know, it, it happens. We, we, we worry about that. I would, I don't think it's crazy to think that potentially we could worry about it again after this season. Eh. You do. I'm, you don't, I'm, you don't, I'm, I'm not worrying about it. Well, good. That makes me, I mean, that will make me feel again. I'm not saying that I'm on like pins and needles thinking it's happened. I just don't think it's the most outlandish thing to, to predict potentially, but that makes me feel better that you don't think it's going to happen. Ooh. He does see, he does seem annoyed. You know, I think yeah. we all like kind of like laughed at like his y'all didn't appreciate crap back then, like comments. But he does at times seem, and then obviously he had the meltdown with the basketball comment. Like it does seem at times that he just is a little bit annoyed with with things. I don't know if it's in, I don't think it's the fans. I don't know if it's the administration, but it does seem at times that he just gets a little grumpy. Yeah, yeah, and I think that comes with just the grind of this sure. job. Um, tough job. I mean, being trying to elevate a program in the SEC is is not easy work. Yeah, and I, I would think that the expiration date is within the next five years or so. But hell, I've been saying that about Calipari for a while, and he's still here. So you know, do you think that that expiration date is him going elsewhere, or him just say you know doing what his retiring. brother did? And, yeah, yeah, I could I yeah. could see that. I could see that as well. Uh, but hopefully, not, hopefully not, and and hopefully this this thing keeps moving forward. That's that was the unsettling part about Saturday is the the game in Oxford. That was that you know makes that one hurt even more. That what happened on. I, I wonder what would have happened though if UK beats Ole Miss and then they come back the next week and do that against South Carolina. I, I don't know if the reaction is worse, better. Who knows? It probably would have made everything a little bit more frustrating, all things considered. But from a win loss standpoint, you certainly could have used that one in Oxford with the way everything shook out with injuries and whatnot. But uh, I hope he's UK's head coach as long as he wants to be. He's done an amazing job, and stuff like Saturday can happen, especially when you're all sorts of banged up. We don't want it to happen, but it does, and uh, I, I trust this staff hopefully to find ways to figure it out. And you go out and you beat Mississippi State, then I, I think folks can exhale. Texter on the Thorns text line says, TJ, when the Packers lost, what was the percentage chance you would make it to work on Monday as TJ Walker, the sports talker? Um, TJ, when the Packers lost, what was the percentage chance? Had, 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 had nothing to do with that. Um, mm, I think somebody was just sad about the Pack. No, I I was ready to I was ready to come in and talk all about it. That one was really frustrating, though, on, on Sunday. Packers get up, look like they're going to be all right, and the defense just doesn't do anything. The offense doesn't really do anything, and it was uh, we've seen a little too much of that this year in Packer land, but it was frustrating. A texter said, let's just get five new line in the portal. Enough is enough. Yeah, the offense a lot is really frustrating. Yeah, it is, but um, I don't think the portal's fixing that. Um... Which that might be a good, uh, that feels like a good bye week discussion. But like all of the guys that the best portal offensive linemen, like only one of them's playing and they're playing in Alabama and not doing particularly well. So like some years the portal's better than others. It was not good for linemen last year. Uh, you're seeing how bad it was for guards this year for basketball. That's why Louisville doesn't have any. Like, Kind of sort of in a way, right? I mean, it comes and goes. I don't think you can totally lean on it, but you are. It it is not reassuring though that they aren't even like trying some of those other guys, right? Like when when things aren't going well, it's like you're not going to just you know throw them in to see if they can do something. So it's uh it's not one play. Very bad. Very bad. Got to be better. 
Uh, Texter says, Roush is more fired up about not getting full scrimmage footage than he is the football game. Well, some of it, too, is like you just get kind of uh, on the football side of things. Like I, I talk about the football in a lot of places, and it is uh, it's exhausting. Like that that loss, man. I felt like a real. I felt real dumb because I, I've usually got a good sense of things when it comes to the Kentucky football program. Did not know they had that kind of loss in them, and I remember going into the season too, being like, the only way Kentucky doesn't hit that over seven and a half wins is a injury to Will Levis, and I was thinking like an injury that would take him out for like you know, half the season, not just one game, right? But, you know, like, in one game, might do it. <laughs> no, it, it it could, and it, it's the importance of, of injuries, the luck factor that goes into to college football, and, and now our, our expectations of postseason are mostly shifted. Just bring on Las Vegas, baby. Bring on Vegas. I'd be totally, totally fine with that. Um Hey, Tampa, though, wouldn't be bad either. I've never I, – I spent a weekend in Tampa for a wedding, but never an extended amount of time, so that could be fun. Yeah, that could be fun, too. It just seems like they got to they gotta get their stuff together if they want Tampa, though. Yeah. You beat another top 25 team. I do think it is important to uh, remind everybody, though, that like while we know that this is bad and we see – like national people don't view this loss as bad as we do because – for one, they're a little bit higher on South Carolina. And for two, they're just like, oh, well, yeah, this is uh, – they were out with their quarterback. Like, you can't you can't knock them too much for their loss. I mean, Kentucky's still a top 25 team. There's a top 25 game on Saturday at Kroger Field. You win that, and you, you erase a lot of the goodwill that you lost this weekend. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you certainly do. And I don't – I think a lot of folks are just looking at the Missouri game a little differently. And obviously that, that Tennessee one just looks tougher and tougher, but you win this weekend. I think people can kind of, like I mentioned, exhale, look at the mm-hmm. schedule and kind of get back to normal form. Yeah. The Georgia Tennessee games, those would be tough, but Vandy, Missouri and, and Louisville, obviously uh, th- those are winnable games. So you can, you can still finish strong and, and keep this momentum moving forward. Uh, a texter says, I know it wasn't brought up on here yesterday, but on KSR, they're still harping on Wolford not rotating guys in. I'm not saying that's not an issue, but like I've said, it seems like a bit of a cop-out. And it was such an if it was such an issue, why didn't Stoops address it during last season? The offensive line issues stretch far beyond lack of experience there, IMO. Yeah, and Stoops talked about it on the radio show last night. Like some of it is probably the complexities that they're throwing on the offensive line now. It's it's something that I don't know if it's a it's a it's a guesstimation I have, but I think maybe Rich is being too much of a smarty pants and maybe things are too complex. They're thinking too much and that's leading to lack of execution. That's kind of a hypothesis I have. Uh, you know, Drake Jackson told Cole Kublick that Eli Cox is having to do more than him or Luke Fortner ever had to do. So that's probably part of the equation as well. Uh, the recruiting, I don't think, is necessarily down that much. Um, but the developmental side, I don't think it's just rotating guys in. It's also coaching those guys up in practice, right? Because in previous years, you had a lot of people who had never really, like Kenneth Horsey had never really seen the field 
and he gets thrown in behind once Stenberg leaves, and you didn't really miss a beat. So the, there, there's certainly more to it than just Wolford not rotating guys in. Um, but, like, you, you also have to realize that you did lose a consensus All-American at right tackle. I mean, and and a guy yeah. who started every game in the NFL like that. It, there, yes, there's a drop off because you haven't had a consensus All American tackle in 50 years at the University of Kentucky. It's a big deal to lose that guy, and I think that's we 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 just kind of took it for granted. I think more so in the preseason as a given, TJ, than than we than we we should have. Yeah, and that the probably do for her a year where the offensive line was shaky and, and not up to where it had been. Cause it's been so dominant for so many years that it was probably just, you were due to have a year where it wasn't so great. And unfortunately it happened to be this year. I will say Roush though, that you, you mentioned that Stoops mentioned maybe what they're throwing at them is too complex. And mm-hmm. I have PTSD flashbacks of, of nuclear mentor, Rick yep, mentor yep. back in the day. Uh-huh. Like some of that can fall on coaching though. If that is the case mm-hmm. of like, well quit, then don't give yeah. them too much to do. Yeah. Keep it. Always be closing. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Uh, and you know what? And that's a part where Mark Stoops, as much as people want, like he is the criticisms of him being two hands on, I think like you could go back and say, well, maybe he sometimes is a little bit too hands off. There's probably going to be a simplification of some stuff this week. I, I would imagine. Right. Like I, cause it felt like at times in that South Carolina game, guys were thinking more than they were just playing football. Yeah. And that's, that's not, that's never what you want. Hey, Scoots, I sent you, I sent you a video to get got it ready. Up. You got it ready. Okay. Well, this next text is, this next texter on the Thornton's text line says, I'm already sick of the Gonzaga series, and they're referring to this unbelievably controversial statement from Drew Timmy. Take in every word here because you're going to want to hear it. Can you believe he said all that, Roush? Unbelievable. He went there. Wow. Did he, did he <laughs> say, was that Charlie Brown's mom and dad? <laughs> I hey, Drew, take the mic away from your mouth, you goober. Don't okay, that so that wasn't way. just me. No, that was we. Okay. I did that as a joke. You couldn't okay. understand a word he was saying, but it was yeah, something no along kidding. the lines of it was some sort of shot at, at the game against the neutral game the series with Kentucky. I'd, they they I took know. another shot too. And I, I just, Oh, it was something like, you know, when you go to play Kentucky, you, you play them at rep arena. You don't go to the Kentucky convention center. It's like, who knows the name of Gonzaga's arena? I hadn't the, the kennel, but like Jeff Goodman and them have been talking about. I had no idea that that was what it was called until this happened. Right. Like Gonzaga does not have some storied historic arena. It's just their tiny little Cracker Jack box. Yeah. Oh, Gonzaga. 
for years and years and years and years, you whined that nobody would come out and play. Uh, you at one point had a mantra that like we'll play anybody anywhere, anytime, any place. I guess continuing to not win a national championship, your standards have changed to where you think that you, you're the big dogs now. Listen, Gonzaga, you agreed to the series. You agreed to it. If you didn't want it, you didn't need to agree to it. If you did want it, then you agreed to it. So stop whining. And there is a little part of me that I wish that Kentucky just be like, never mind, we're off. It's off. We're not doing it anymore. You whiny little babies. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious about that. Uh, Drew Timmy can say whatever he wants. I, not that I understood a word that he was saying in that, in that little clip that got everybody so worked up in Gonzaga land or got so many people excited in Gonzaga land. But stop crying. Uh, John Calipari said that Mark Few was the one who, who wanted more neutral games which, of course, I don't believe at all, but I'm going to run with and act like <laughs> totally true and hilarious. But I hope um, that Damian Collins swats Drew Timmy back to the kennel when they're playing in the, the neutral site game five minutes from their arena. I hope he blocks his shot so far that the ball rolls down to the kennel. They are, uh, and, then I, and I hope that, gosh, if Kentucky wins, that's going to be so great. Yeah, That'd be so great because media members are going to be like, "Well, the Cats win, but would it have been the same if they played?" <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is like that sounds like a South Park episode, but no, like you can set your watch to it; it's going to happen. Speaking of South Park, was that Kenny McCormick or Drew Timmy on the mic right there? Tough, tough, really to tell which one was talking there. We're going to take our last break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap up the Thornton's text line. You all are on the money today, as always. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Oh, yeah. Be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Don't you worry about a damn thing. A damn thing. Don't you worry about a damn thing. A damn thing. Don't you worry about a damn thing. A damn thing. Don't you worry about a Behold, Simi, life, real life, a thing that we have been denied for far too long. Good morning. Kentucky Roll Call. Hey, yes, yes, you too. What kind of radio program are we running with the outro and then that intro? Jesus, the cursing, the language. Yeah, I want to apologize on behalf of our producer, Scoots, and, uh, you know, I, I'll just say that he'll be better in the future. I'm uh, feeling vulgar today. Yeah, it, 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 it shows. <laughs> Whew, boy, welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. one Final segment on your Tuesday show. I want to tell you about our friends at Shady Rays. You know all about Shady Rays, and Justin knows all about turning off, muting the station account. They, you go to ShadyRays.com, you get your sunglasses, and you're going to save 25% when you use promo code BIGX. You know all about their specials, their 30-day money-back guarantee, hassle-free, the replacement pair promise, which is more than 30 days. You can... Break them a year later and get your same order refilled for a small processing fee. Shady Rays is great. And each and every time you order, you're helping feed folks in America, which is always a good thing. So check out ShadyRays.com and get yourself a quality pair of sunglasses today. Polarized, too, which is a big deal. All right, Roush, any last, any last quick hitters before we get into the text line? 
Um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to the text line because uh, we're talking some hot D. We are talking some hot D. What One kind person- of program are we running here? That's this the is name a family of- program. What, what What's wrong with hot D? <laughs> yeah, House of the Dragon. Just saying. That's not. See, I think what you're getting confused by, Scooch, is hot D is not a bad word. <laughs> Having an outro that mentions the Hoover Dam every three seconds, that, that can be problematic. And then having bleeped out F-bombs on the on the rejoin. See, people didn't know it was F-bombs until you just told them. It was bleeped well, out. It, it, what what would they have bleeped out, though? Something well, that's, not... That's up, to, that's up to the listener's imagination. Not you to ruin it. But prob- Well, okay, I could be wrong. Maybe it's not F-words because <laughs> it's bleeped out. I have no idea. I just assumed. But I imagine that he's probably not not saying something pleasant. So uh, again, we're probably going to get we're, we've, we'll 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 get complaints. Hopefully, we don't get canceled. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Somebody sent in a picture of King Viserys in not looking his best. No. Watch the fourth quarter Saturday, feeling like it's really a perfect text because I, I, I yeah. was he's bedridden. He's wrapped up in bandages. Yeah, he's not in a good spot. Yeah. Is that a Game of Thrones guy? That is a Game of Thrones guy, yeah. Okay. He doesn't look too hot, does he? Does he, Scooch? No, but I was sitting here thinking, I was like, how the hell do you know that's King Viserys? Thinking it was an actual king, but now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that texter says, Roush, what do you think of your cover three boys saying Kentucky's the 39th best team in the country? Oh, man, those guys. I, I had to just start ignoring them because they, they, they have their blinders up for Kentucky. Um Bud Elliott like was going on rants like saying that Will Levis is not a good quarterback and it's like well he's like even in, by your numbers he's really good so I don't even know how you're just trashing him just to trash him at this point so they were trashing a guy who didn't play no this was the after the Ole Miss game oh. yeah he's just not even a good player like I don't I don't think he's a good pro I, he's just not good and it's like well he's top five in yards per attempt top twenty five and uh passing yards like efficiency or like all pretty much any stat you wanted to look up besides the interceptions Will Levis was really good at and I just and he's got one of the bottom three offensive lines in the SEC something I never thought we'd say this season but is true so well, maybe bottom three in power five football like it's, it's very bad yeah like oh, the people just, I don't know I don't know if they just love to hate Will Levis because he plays for Kentucky and they just can't assume that like somebody from Kentucky is going to be that great or if it's just because he did all the food stuff and they didn't like that so they just have to have their their biases against him but the people that don't see how he NFL teams like him just don't know football I, and I hate being like one to say a declarative statement like that but it, it's you're just telling on yourself could he, really, could he end up not working out in the NFL? Possibly. That's that's the risk that goes in. There's bust all the time. But to not understand why NFL teams don't love that dude, you just you don't know football. Yeah, and it, you know they're going to continue to get plenty of criticism this week. Um, but got to go prove them wrong now, right? Like you you gave them a reason to say that you're not a good football team, and it's. Uh, it's hard to counter that right now when you laid an egg like you did against South Carolina. So go out there and uh, prove them wrong against Mississippi State. And I'll also say that, like, based on Saturday, Kentucky did not look like a top 35 team in football. But let's have a little nuance in these conversations and take into consideration health 
of a of a team. Jack Pilgrim wrote that Flax is likely back, but the quote from Stoops in the article was hopefully we'll have him back and mentioned he didn't practice on Monday. Which is it? Not sure. What's your guess? My guess is no, because it's a hamstring. Hamstrings are fickle, easily mm-hmm. aggravated, so I'm going to guess no. Boo. Boo. Yeah. It is a little bit different, though, with a – I mean, not like linemen aren't athletes. I'm not saying that, but it feels like the the receivers, that's like that's about the worst injury you could have as a receiver outside of something broken, right? Because when you're sprinting off the line, feels like that can quickly – get you back down to earth. Whereas, I don't know, might be a little bit different with linemen, but I, I'm going to guess no. Scoots, I have some good big-time breaking news for you. Let's do it. Blink-182 is back. Tom DeLonge is back. And they're going back on tour, buddy. Way I, thought you said, I thought you said big news for me. Yeah, you're yeah. a big Blink-182 guy. I mean, not enough to go see him in concert, no. Scoots, you're telling me if they're not playing in Pekin, you're not going to go see them? First of all, they're not going to be playing in Pekin because there's nowhere to host them. Not with that attitude, there's not. What about, <laughs> I mean, what about the, put them at the Papa Top? The Papa Top or the Pekin Motel? Pekin, I still don't think that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be a cornfield. You could have like a Bonnaroo type of thing out there. Oh, sure. Yeah, we used to have um, – well, y'all know Skillet, right? No. Oh, that, so Skillet's a big like Christian band, but they played out in Pekin once. <laughs> oh well, gosh i should have known <laughs> yeah who could forget that epic skillet concert back in the day <laughs> i heard people were just going crazy dropping oh they were in prayer yeah for sure that's good that's good yeah blink 182 back i've seen everybody on my timeline tweeting about it so i guess people are really excited about it it will be kind of you know they seem like teenage angsty punk and they're in their 40s so that might be a little bit of a weird dichotomy but you know Tickets aren't very expensive at the M Center. I'd go. On the count of three, everybody say your favorite Blink-182 song. One, two, three. First, first date. date. Oh, man. I can't, I was going to say, I can't say mine. It's, uh, it's a curse word, and we're not cursing anymore today. Is it the Hoover Dam song? No, it's the... Uh, the I, think, I think it's actually a word you, you can't say on... Yeah. Oh, I don't know what it is. I mean, all the small things obviously is great. Adam's song is a classic. But yeah. Well, sure. But like, it's yeah. still, you know, everybody can. Yeah. So good. I know a lot of people. I, 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 I was the big. Yeah, no, I can say, damn it. Yeah. That, that one. Really like that yeah, one. I mean, and, Scoots played it 13 million times on the outro. <laughs> so, yeah. What's my age again? It's pretty. Dude, that one will feel uh, right in line, you know? Is that? Oh, I thought. Gosh, I don't know the name of the song. Was what's my age again? Yeah, yeah, that's a great song too. Yeah, they got a lot of lot of bangers. And the the I miss you one that that one was probably the one that got played most on the old MP3 player back in the day. I'll probably listen to some Blink One Eighty Two today. And I'm gonna be honest, I didn't know they ever broke up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because Barker did all that stuff by himself. Uh, If you've never listened to the Travis Barker Soldier Boy, oh, it's freaking awesome. So good. I'll have he to just, check it out. He just did a rock version of it. A lot of fun. Did uh, they? They they did the American Pie song, right? I thought so, but I'm I'm gonna I could be totally wrong about that. Yeah. Um, while your car's in the front yard, you know, 
sleeping with my clothes on. Great song, too. Man, they just so many bangers. I didn't see Devontae Adams apologize for pushing over that guy. Yep, he said, he sorry, sorry to the guy I pushed over after the game. Obviously very frustrated the way the game ended. And when he ran in front of me as I exited, that was my reaction. And I felt horrible immediately. He didn't really. He kind of stood over him and was like, what are you doing? Get out of my way. He says, Does he mean not, Hunter Renfro? He's, that's not me. My apologies, man. I hope you see this. Somebody said that. I hope that you see this. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. If you're already reading this, you already know. A texter says, thank you, Virginia, for saving Satterfield's job. I will say this. That was a nice comeback for UVL. I thought they were dead to rights. They they look completely just out of sorts. And then they did come back. Virginia totally stinks, but good on them. And if it keeps Satterfield around longer, fine by me. Man. Another text. We we really need Sky Satterfield on the sideline at Kroger Field in the – Two days after Thanksgiving. Need that to happen. We do. We do. Can't, can't have another Petrino get off, get out of jail free card, right? Like No interim coaches. Scott, take your medicine. A texture says, TJ, what's your opinion on our confidence and body language that showed on the field Saturday? Did the staff fail at their jobs? Yeah. I, I mean, I think if your job is to go out there and win football games, then the staff failed at their job. They lost to a team they should have beaten. Um, and again, I'm not like a big, like they didn't help each other up. And I, I didn't see that specifically, but the sideline did look pretty dead unenthused as like South Carolina was going bonkers on their sideline. And that was just kind of the feel throughout the game. And I thought the tone was set on that first stupid trick play. And after that, it was kind of like, Oh no, does the staff not believe they're going to win? Does that mean the players don't believe they're going to win? And it seemed like that was contagious throughout the entire team. Um, but again, that's not why they lost. They lost because they, played a backup quarterback. The defense had a terrible second half. The offense couldn't do anything throughout the entire game. That So it wasn't because the lack of energy. The lack of energy was because there was nothing to get excited about. So, uh, yes, I would say the coaches failed on Saturday because it didn't go the way we wanted it to. It was a tough situation. I understand that. I was telling anybody that was listening to me, including Roush heading into the game, that, like, I've got a bad feeling about this. Roush said pretty much the same. And uh, and then it, it all played out the way that we didn't want it to, but had a feeling it, it may. Mm. Real bad, real right? bad. Stuff. We both said you were. I was like, I, I got a bad feeling about this game, and you were like, I do too, but mainly only because don't protest too much from the coaches. Like they're acting so too confident. Uh, yeah, too <laughs> confident for a game that like you shouldn't probably be overly confident in. But we do need to. On the one hand, as bad as it was. That sucks, and we don't want it to happen again. But you do need to at least look at part of the reason why. I mean, UK was the most banged up it's ever been in a Mark Stoops era football game. And while South Carolina is a team I think Kentucky should beat even with some injuries, it would have it would have it would have been a really nice win if they had one, given the circumstances. Um, that being said, see the way South Carolina responded after the win, and let that next November you keep that in your stomach and you beat the absolute loving snot out of those guys anytime you can because they can suck it. A texter says, Keeneland Box available this Friday, only open date of the season. They're for the big X-Boys if you all want them, and no, Trevor can't bring his one hitter. (laughs) He's out. It's a really good text. I I would love to. I don't think I'm going to be able to just because I am uh, probably a little behind. 
behind after yesterday. But I, I'm not ruling it completely out, but most likely probably not going to be. Uh, uh, Very uh, nice I'm going to rule it completely out. Uh, yeah, you're having I'm, a baby, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, having a baby. So. It's very exciting. Very yeah. exciting. God, that would you. be a freaking awesome day, though. You go to Keeneland, then Big Blue Madness at night. Oh, yeah, man. that really would be. That Gosh. really would be awesome. That'd even be almost like debatably better than the football. Yeah, because football football takes a lot out of you. And like when you do Keeneland and football, one is taking away from the other. There's no. Yeah, you can enjoy Keeneland to its fullest, and then if you end up like getting a little too overserved, oh, show up to Big Blue Madness late. It, none of the cool stuff really happens till later on in the show, anyways. Or if you end up missing it, just watch it on TV because you know it's Big Blue Madness. But yeah, I agree. That sounds like a really fun Friday. Man, that'd be mm-hmm. awesome. Some really great analysis by Scooter. They got overlooked yesterday when he said, "Got to do everything not to go oh for the next four weeks." Feels like Scoots should be telling. Skang, the wide zone doesn't work. Anyways, how about Wagner? Suck it, Tosh Balding. Suck it, Deputy. Suck it, Cards, baby. That's from Nate. Scoots, you don't want UK to go 0-4 the next week? That's just what you got to avoid. Yeah, I agree. You don't. You definitely don't yep. want to go winless. Yep, that would be bad. Would be really, really bad. Um, a texter. Oh, this is about the call in the Chiefs game last night. He didn't put his full body weight on him. They pointed out in the replay, he put his left arm out to prevent that from happening. Yeah, which great. is forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's an indicator of when you don't call these calls, and yet they still called it. Yeah, it's just that's <sighs> stupid. It's football. It's a pretty violent game. People are going to get hurt, quarterbacks included. I'm enjoying the season of Hot D. However, at times during the scenes where I suspect important dialogue is happening, the speech is so soft and muffled, I find myself rewinding the scenes two or three times to understand what was said. Eventually, I end up temporarily turning on the closed captioning to find out what was said, and it usually was not important. This is frustrating. That's from Shano. Hey, Shano. Uh, I agree, especially last night's episode, more than other ones that I can remember. It was like, what is being – and they have those accents too, and it's like, what is being said? Speak English, doctor. But uh, I do highly recommend closed captioning. I do it most. Actually, didn't have it on last night, which I thought about like four different times turning it on, but I was very, very tired. But I, um, I remember being anti-closed captioning the first go around, and then I had a child and was like, what am I doing? Just put the closed caption on. Make it easy on yourself. Um, that's the man. way to go about it, Shano, though. Make, make sure you have that bad boy on. And then last night, Roush, when they showed that little scroll that Damon and Rhaenyra got – well, what the hell? Like, we're supposed to be able to read that in five seconds? Are you kidding me? I could have well, five minutes and probably not read it. Well, they still I don't really explain what it said. They, they explained the gist, the, the geist of it, but right. they, they didn't really explain the whole thing. I think it was, hey, they're trying to take, you, you could t- contextualize it. Hey, sure. they're trying to take the Driftmark throne from your kids. You should get down here. But when they first, but when you first read it, you were like, wait, am I supposed to be able to read this? And, what 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 is do I need to pause this? What what the hell's going on here? But uh, I thought it was a really good episode, despite uh, some of those yeah some of those things. Vasera is uh, the guy who plays him did a great job. Oh my gosh, he's amazing because he Vasera's kind of from afar. He always kind of came across as a bum, a wishy washy bum. But you the the human element added to this, where he kind of just wants everyone to get along, right? He wants his family to be family. Uh, great speech, great moments. I mean, there was a great job, guy who plays with Sarah's. 
Texter says, John here. Good morning to all. My gosh, what a crazy, exciting game last night for my Chiefs. John, come on. I'm glad we got the victory, but tell me, do you guys agree that the officiating for the game last night and over the weekend was just garbage? What do you guys think? Should be should rules be changed? Should every play be reviewable? I think something should change, or I believe the fans of the NFL will not trust the product the NFL is displaying. We'll got to go talk to you later. I, think- I really enjoyed the tweet from PFT commenter that said he's going to boycott the NFL from Tuesday until Thursday morning. Like that. Because that's the truth, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I'm so mad. I'm not going to watch the NFL till Thursday night. Like, it's true. It's true. Um, no, it is true. But also, uh, you're never going to get perfect officiating. It's just when you have plays that are seemingly football plays, that that's the part where it's like, okay, wh- wh- what are we doing here, right? Like, let, let them still play football. I think they should have somebody in New York or L.A. or Atlanta or wherever. They've got their facilities. I think it's New York. And just each game, there's a different official in New York who's watching the game going on. And when they have that bogus roughing the passer, they zip into the officials and they say, hey, that's just that's just not roughing the passer. And they pick up the flag. It doesn't need to be a review. It doesn't need to be a long ordeal. The people in New York could be like, hey, what did you see on this to make you throw the flag? The official will say, well, he, you know, he, he carried him to the ground. He, he hit him, he, he, whatever, whatever bogus reasoning or rationale they may have. And then the official in New York would say, I'm watching the replay. I, I, you know, you all are doing a great job, but you got this one wrong. That's not what happened on this play. Pick up the flag. And then they pick up the flag. And you could do it on pass interferences too. But I don't want it to be like reviews where they go over to the booth and the same goobers on the field are the ones reviewing the play. Have it done in New York where they have the access of replay and 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 it could be a lot quicker that way. That would be my that would be my plan for and then yeah, pick up flags. If it's just make it as fair as possible. Isn't that what we all want? Like we get that human error is part of the game to some extent. Right. But just make it as fair as possible so the players are deciding who wins and loses and not the officials. And if you have somebody in New York or you have somebody that's watching on a monitor that can correctly oversee these things, I think it could really help. Yeah, yeah. And they talked about doing that too, the eye in the sky sort of deal, like with one of those spring football leagues did. And the angle they had of that was such a perfect angle from the kind of the front view where you could see uh, Derek Carr's numbers. That was the perfect view to see that, like, okay, nothing illegal happened here. Like, carry on. A texter said, hey, what do you think about Matt Rule getting fired? No, oh, good good riddance. $40 million. That's pretty amazing. I love that Mike- people, the, the fallout's like, yeah, he was a control freak. It's like, oh, you mean a college coach went to the NFL and was overbearing micromanager? Never seen that before. Trevor and Rutherford yesterday were already talking about Rule being a head coach at Louisville. Oh, yeah, they're talking about the Ruleville Cardinals. Yeah, Ruleville. They Cardinals. they couldn't. They can't get him. Yeah, he's above there. The Ruleville Cardinals. Uh, the best job. People are debating what's the best open job in college athletics right now. It's whichever job has the highest expectations and gives you the most guaranteed money. I, I, I'm starting to think that like college sports is just a front for these guys to get rich and suck. <laughs> so whatever place is going to give you the most mo- guaranteed money. And have the highest expectations, so when you come up a little bit short, they're going to just fire your ass as soon as possible. That is the best job. Pretty sweet gig, yeah. Whichever ones get your richest, the so best. So, Auburn. Auburn, absolutely. Best yeah. job in college. <laughs> maybe Nebraska. Maybe Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, maybe Nebraska. Give us JMI rant, Roush. They seem to stink lately. No, they, they always stink. 
they they are the worst. Um, not fans of them whatsoever at all. The the streaming the press conference thing is really just like, oh no, KSR is getting three times as many people watching it, their stream as we are on our stream. Like you all aren't allowed to stream the press conference anymore. No, and everybody had been streaming the press conferences, and then all I, of a sudden I, it's like, actually, we own the rights to streaming. You all can't do it. I was strictly watching Drew Franklin's streams, the ones that he would tweet out. So that's no more. Yep, they had, we had to get rid of them. And the thing was, too, is like literally you would hear like six people going live on Facebook and you'd hear ding after every press conference. And, oh, no, we started getting live streaming that was higher quality than theirs. And all of a sudden, zip them up. I just the, the part that amuses me at all of this is like JMI just can't believe that a media company is getting more bang for their buck than they are. Like, well, the thing, like I, I, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, finish. No, no, you're fine. It's just like, why are you surprised? Like, you don't, even though you own these rights, you don't treat your content like content creators do. You just don't. exactly, exactly. Like, That's what I was gonna say. Is like, I get you pay for these rights, so you want you don't want other people to get what you paid for. That being said, get your freaking ducks in a row and make it the quality that UK fans deserve. Otherwise, there's a reason why people go to Kentucky Sports Radio to stream and and do this or go to other websites to stream. It's because it's better than what you're putting out there, or it's more accessible because people don't want to have to go through this, that, or the other to have to find a stream to a freaking press conference. So get it, get it together, and then maybe you'll have a leg to stand on. But otherwise, you know, suck it. Oh, big, big suck it. Texas, big old suck it. A texter brings up the Liberty High School stuff. Another one says, I need to hear, come on this morning. Come on. Thank you. We all needed that. Someone get Dare Rosenthal on the line and figure out why the hell he didn't come back. Haven't wanted a big man back as much since Dakari. That's a good text. It is a good text. Um, man, Louisiana. It just needed to be a little less Louisiana. Somebody said Beamer just took a big poop emoji on top of Soup's head on Saturday. That's crass, buddy. That's real crass. <laughs> real, real crass. Playing this stupid video is a front to our ears. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirby says, classic KRC playing audio. No one can hear. LOLOL. Thank you. A texture says, I look forward to Gonzaga and Mark Few, too many, getting their teeth kicked in. Classic. Oh, texture, that's good. Texture says, big bounce back game Saturday. Stoops is back to being an underdog, which is when he seems to thrive. Yeah. And that, again, it could make for a really fun atmosphere on Saturday night in the Krogue if the Cavs can just get back. But I think without Will Levis, UK wouldn't have a chance. But as Roush mentioned, he practiced yesterday. So maybe some more optimism. You can get him back. Because you're going to, like, you can't just, Mississippi State's going to put up points. So the offense is going to have to match some of that. Yep. Yep. A texture says, my own worst enemy by Lit is the sleeping with my clothes on song Roush referred to, not Blink-182. Mm. Ah. Oh, I would have gotten that wrong, too, for what it was worth. Yeah, they're all in that same hodgepodge of late 90s, early 2000s kind of rock. But that's a that's a great one. A texter says, what is your favorite app on social media? <laughs> I don't I get it. Of, I was trying to think of something funny, but uh, probably, Face- draft, probably oh. dra- DraftKings. I would say uh, the Dragons app. The Dragons? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Everybody have you a should, You should deal with the Bofa app, too. <laughs> What's Bofa? <laughs> oh, Scoots, come on. You're supposed to let it out there. I don't need to say the punchline. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We're going to be back tomorrow. Are you actually, is it? Official maternity or fraternity for 
Paternity leave. Paternity leave. Yes, I'm going to, to rush. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Good for us. Uh, I don't know. Tomorrow's my wife's due date, so who knows? We might have a baby. We might not. All right. So if he's here, he's here. If he's not, then he's out because he's gonna be a, a twice dad. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We'll just you'll have to see what we have in store for you tomorrow morning at seven a.m. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, in the crowd. Yeah. Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Wednesday. That's better. This is nice. Be happy. Good Look at me. I'm happy. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs>